In this episode of the Get Out of Your Own Way podcast, I talk to Wayne Dignam, a successful entrepreneur in both business and social enterprise, working across Europe on multiple projects. Wayne is also the founder and chair of the Care Leavers Network, which advocates for children in care and supports children coming out of care, training professionals in the care system. Wayne talks about his experience of spending most of his childhood in foster and residential care. We discuss how with self-belief and good people supporting you, no future is set in stone, pages are blank, and that you can make your story how you want it to be. Let's find out how Wayne got out of his own way. So, Wayne, welcome to the Get Out of Your Own Way podcast. It's a real pleasure to have you here to share your story. I'd just like to invite you to tell me a little bit about yourself. Thanks, Lisa. I love the idea of get out of your own way. For me to have the opportunity to talk a little bit about that. Um, My narrative, I guess, is I'm somebody who grew up in foster care and had a pretty traumatic childhood as things go. And that is something that I clung on to for quite a long time. And so getting out of my own way as a theme is to let go of some of that narrative, to let go of some of those emotions, to let go of some of that anger and hurt and pain and not to reenact it in my life and to embrace the joy and the love and uh, the growth that's available out there. And getting out of my own way has been a process to do that. It's been unfolding over the years beautifully and it's left me with a sense of everything was perfect to get to this moment to be able to share it with you and your listeners right now. You talked about your narrative. What brought you to the point of getting out of your own way? I think it was probably a combination of things, but certainly I think for me anyway, the deeper I got into it, the more it unfolded through uh, practice and awareness and embracing what message was coming to me in lots of different ways um, and I think it's having the antenna up so you can really pay attention to what's happening and so for me it was through relationships it was like okay there's signals I'm hurting myself through other people through the work that I was doing my practice my meditation getting a deeper sense of my awareness of what was happening to me emotionally and in my feelings um, and then it was really just kind of just making decisions then. Okay, am I going to continue to embrace what's unfolding for me or am I going to hold on? So certainly the the wisdom of my body and my mind was telling me, no, actually you can embrace greater things and more beautiful things in life. And the deeper I got into that, uh, the more that unfolded. Um, I've done quite a lot of work in uh, uh, workshops you know, I mean, the type of workshops that you would run for your, your clients, but, you know, responding to that, listening to my body, listening to my, to my mind and listening to what deep at a soulful level. And I know I'm using, you know, at a soulful level, which probably resonates with you, but at a soulful level, really responding to that. And I do believe that, you know, I was talking to somebody over the weekend about whether things happen for a reason and whether that's a justification for anything that ever happens and what is the reason. But you can look back at things and, and look at the beauty of the lessons that you learn out of them. And so for me, the situation was really 
continuing to listen to that and validate myself and grow in confidence as these messages were coming to me. And so at the level I've got to know is a level of consciousness that connects me at a much deeper level to myself and others in a way that is much more uh, fulfilling. And I think once you become real or once you become aware of that consciousness, it's very difficult then to go back to old patterns that didn't serve me and old habits that were destructive. And luckily enough, in my own situation, um, considering the, the traumatic childhood that I had, you know, very, you know, a blanket statement like foster care, living, growing up in foster care, you know, that's that kind of for your listeners is just, you know, people can probably associate with what that means. You know, you've heard about it, but being in foster care, there's a whole myriad of traumatic elements to it. Displacement, you know, lack of care, lack of needs being met to, you know, being, you know, abandoned. There's so many issues that kind of just come up with that. And for me, my coping strategy over the years would have been to work hard, prove myself to myself and others through lots of different ways. And so it comes full circle then. So uh, the situation that that has got me to um, getting out of my own way is actually walking through it, walking through the pain, walking through those patterns, becoming self-aware, following a process, and um, becoming safe in myself, feeling safe in myself, and then opening up my heart and allowing my mind to take in new concepts, new ideas of the potential of what's out there. So that's the process really that uh, has happened for me. How did you learn to listen to the messages you were getting from your body, from your mind? Well, I believe in synchronicity. I believe in the intelligence of the universe to get, you know, I don't want to sound too wacky too soon on your on your podcast, but I mean, I have studied quantum mechanics. I've, I've, I've got a maths degree as well as an engineering and business degree. I've studied the phenomenon of synchronicity. I've studied, you know, the law of the law of attraction. I've, I have embraced concepts that Sir Roger Penrose has uh, won a Nobel Prize for. I've, I've studied what actually messages we can receive, what we bring into our lives, what intentions and what manifests out of intentions. And so listening to that, I listen to my body. What is my body telling me in any situation as I'm speaking to you right now? Am I centered in myself? Am I connected to you? And, you know, is there resonance of what I'm expressing and sharing with you, hopefully your listeners? And so it's like just connecting to that and letting that flow. And if there's a sense that I don't feel this is serving me or a higher purpose, well, then I, I try to respond to that. That's a challenge. Because in any given moment or any given time, you know, anything can happen to offset that. And so it's regulating and it's trying to get back to that place of being centered and, and practicing at that. And so that comes down to managing boundaries that you and I have discussed before, managing, you know, how I can protect myself in situations and I don't hurt myself through others by, you know, exposing myself in any way shape or form that might hurt me in any way in the future that's very easy it's much easier said than done but like that for me getting out of my own way is about changing patterns it is about trying to bring in an awareness that serves me and then work on that and feeling it feeling it and growing confidence and so doing that opens up much healthier relationships much opens up 
um, you know, the type of clients I work with, you know, it raises my vibration where I feel lighter. I feel a resonance with people that I engage with. And again, that goes back to some of the, the more recent work I've been studying about what that phenomenon is and how that actually works on a cellular level. Um, and, and even with the nervous system then as well, how I can feel that I'm serving my nervous system well in terms of what I put myself through, stress, relationships, etc. So it's really being attuned. Um, I practice awareness meditation. Uh, Dan Siegel has a what's called a wheel of awareness where it's really being aware of your senses, but also your bodily awareness and also then your emotional awareness of what's coming in and out of your body. Um, and, and letting things go. I think recapitulation has been very important for me as well in terms of letting go energy that I've held on to for so long. And I've let that get out of my way. You know, I'm an empath by nature as well. So I would have taken on quite a lot of other people's issues over the years. And I practice recapitulation where I actually let moments go. I let people go, energy that I've taken on. And that's been very helpful. That's really helped me, and it's it's uh, it's it's an old, it's an ancient process that people would have used. They would have gone out to a little hut or into a cave, actually, in, in furnace as well. In some of the in, in some of the primitive civilizations, and let go and just return retune into their own energy patterns. So that's the the depth of the work, as well as other aspects to it as well. That I feel for me is the journey as to honor that journey and to revisit it in different ways at different times. Um, and I can look at it in, in, a, in a sense of, is it ever ending? Am I ever going to, you know, heal? And, and, and like the healing is happening. It's all it's happening all the time. But I think sometimes we don't realize how much we actually take on and what we inherit then as well. Again, going back to the concept of time, like, you know, you can still heal generational issues as well. And, you know, certainly for me, I would have taken on uh, intergenerational issues that has been important for me to let go of as well. I was at a retreat recently that allowed me to, to work at some of that. So that's a sense of listening in lots of different ways. Just listening to you talking about how you've developed your awareness, how you recognise that your body is, is keeping the score of what's happened and what happens. And your intentionality these days around how you spend your time, what practices you're adopting to help you manage yourself, and also what, what you need to let go of. All of this sounds really purposeful. Has it been something that's evolved over time? And how did you find the right things for you? Yeah, definitely evolved over time. You know, uh, I mean, even the trauma space, and you mentioned the body keeps the score, like, I mean, it's still relatively recent that we've become aware, you know, and, and it's becoming more and more mainstream with the likes of Gabor Maté, Bessel van der Kolk, who've done, you know, quite a lot of work in this area, um, both who I've, I've I've seen and I've had workshops with. And, you know, it's gaining traction when people talk about addiction or mental health issues. It's like there's a, there's a much deeper aspect to it. So, like, certainly for me in the last maybe five, six years, I've become much more aware of, you know, where to start. And for me, it does start in the body. Um, it starts in, in in lots of different ways. And then after that, it's like it, it allows when the body settles, it allows for much stronger meditation or presence. And, you know, even before starting this, you know, interview with you, it was very important for me to ground myself 
very important for me to check in with myself, very important for me to honor the topic, you know, that we want to talk about here today. And then it's like, okay, from there I can open up my heart. I can speak with my truth. And then I can, you know, use my head then as well to kind of make sense of some of the things that I'm talking about. So it is, it does integrate. And I think for me, it's like the more of that integration that happens, that's where the beauty really uh, grows then. And even the levels of consciousness that we can, we can tap into. I'm, I'm studying a master's in art, psyche and creative imagination and Jungian psychology. And, you know, now I'm exploring my subconscious, which is a whole new area that I wasn't aware of because it was subconscious, but it like it's so it's it's but to me the foundation has definitely been in the body. Um, and that's really grown over the last number of years. Again, just feeling it in different ways, practicing yoga, exercises, getting the fresh air, you know, taking in the fresh air, connected with nature. Um, and then the sensitivity grows with that then as well. And uh, the awareness grows. For anyone that hasn't um, experienced meditation or some of these deeper practices that you're doing, what would you share with them to help them understand them better? I'd say start off with a very simple, if you're sitting at a desk, if you're sitting on a, on a couch, start off with a very, very simple practice of just hold it, just touch it and just be present to it and just be present to your breath. And at any given moment in a meeting, if you feel yourself just getting a little bit short of breath or stressed, check in, just hold on to something and look in the room, just notice where you are being present in the moment. That's a meditation. You know, it could be on a bus, could be anywhere. And that just grounds you to where you're at. And it gets you to focus on, you know, your, your touch, your sense of, your sense of smell in the room, your sense of, you know, your eyes, um, what are you hearing? It's a, it's a meditation. And then it's like it builds it that can build you up then just even getting used to that, that you can do it at any given moment, builds up your capacity then to meditate. And um, now my practice of the wheel of awareness as it's a guided meditation. And there's lots of others, you know, obviously guided meditations. I'm sure you probably have shared, shared some over with your clients as well. So that suits me for where I'm at at the moment. Um, I, you know, it's obviously very difficult then when your mind goes wandering and you've got to put, bringing it back into the breath. For me, has helped me to settle my nervous system. So I'm hypo-aroused or, or hypo-aroused. Uh, you know, I'm not shut down. If I'm getting a bit agitated, is to try and set myself back into myself. And, you know, even though, you know, I've spoken briefly about my trauma, I mean, a lot of us, and most of us carry some level of trauma anyway. So, you know, and level of stress that's out there in in the workplace and family environment. You know, we every but one of us as humans needs to find a way to ground ourselves when we need to, and then kind of. And I think sometimes that's where we are. From my experience, seeing other people getting in their own way is it's very easy to keep keep motoring on, uh, keep working at that fast pace. It's very easy to stay in that relationship that isn't really serving us because it's so difficult to get out of it. Or it's very easy to just avoid some of those issues that are going on for us. For me, I didn't really, I didn't have, it's not that I didn't have a choice, but I didn't want to avoid them. You know, I want to face things head on. I want to embrace it and I want to get through it. And then I want to move on from it and I want to let things go. 
And that was something I chose at a very early age in my life because I needed to. What does feeling grounded actually feel like? Uh, for me, it's um, it's a very settled uh, feeling in my tummy. It's a very uh, an aware place in my in my body. Like there's a there's a connection, and there's a uh, like there's a relaxed feeling in the vagus nerve. There's a you know a connection to what's happening in my nervous system, an awareness of what's happening around me. And I was with a client this morning, and yeah, I was grounded and. I was able to help that client at so many different levels from grounding that client to allowing that client to feel secure in themselves and knowing that they were safe with me to explore new kind of territory. And it was a, it was a, you know, it wasn't a, a consultation. I'm not a psychotherapist or anything like that. It was a, it was a business meeting, but it was something that by being grounded, I can help others and then that happens in a space for a couple of seconds and then you can bring that client on the journey of okay let's explore this particular area together and then resonating with somebody else as we're resonating together this it's like there's there's resonance in what i'm sharing with you and vice versa so i'm 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 getting a sense of what's happening for you even though it's um on a, on a remotely but there's a connection and when i'm grounded i can connect it different levels with myself and others as well and i have a deep um awareness of how that works and how that works uh, at different levels you mentioned needing to push through and go beyond where you were from quite a young age how did you know that that was the wisdom i had i think as a child um, and the love i had received you know didn't appear to me in the in the conventional sense but i had a deep sense of that and i think that's what gets us through a lot is you know the, the love the love that we feel um uh yeah no just a, a wisdom and maybe just a, a characteristic of who i am as an individual you know and, and um that has served me very well over the years some of the challenges that you talked about um from being in foster care have I guess, presented themselves as hurdles to you in your life. How have you overcome them? There's so many. <laughs> there really are. Like, I, like, you know, to say foster care, it's, 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 it's all encompassing, but there's so many elements to it, from attachment issues to, you know, sense of self to, you know, a sense of belonging to a sense of being at home. You know, I, I could talk about any topic for a long time it's a process like even take for example a sense of home uh, i mean i lived in a number of different placements so to the age of 10 i think there was i don't know something like nine or ten different placements They're like places where i'd be taken out at short notice and brought back to my birth home and then it was off to somewhere else so how does one get a sense of home when you don't haven't lived in a home and what does having a sense of home mean you know how like that alone is a huge piece of work to, you know, take apart and put back together again. So for me, that's like, take that as an example. It's, you know, for me, it was very much about having my own home as I got older that I could, having my own sense of what it feels like to be at home in myself and then creating that safe space where I have my belongings that give me that sense of, okay, these are the things that I actually like to have around me. 
So that's just a, a, an example of that. And it's, it's, it's naming it, you know, and I think, again, for me, it's been very important to name these things like this is what I missed out on or this is what um, I could have had. And I tried to, the Taoists have a, you know, this recreation of experience, which I actually, actually did experience recently, where I revisit that which I didn't get and I recreate it from a new place of what that must must have felt like. So I recreated scenarios and I really felt them. And so I brought that energy into me that allowed me to get a sense of what it felt like to have a stable home as a child. And that's a practice. And when you begin to feel it then, it creates a foundation then for, okay, that's that's great. Now I have that. I know what that feels like. It was If, it, if that was something that I didn't have a sense of what it felt like, um, I could live with that loss. I could live with that pain, or I could do something to to fill that up. Um, and so, that's the practice. And then it's like really reflecting on home. There's some work I would have done on the creation of space and how our sense of place is defined sometimes by, um, uh, like you know, even how we open doors, for example is often a reflection of how we used to open them as a child in the home and how we used to push them a certain, push doors a certain way because that's how we were, were brought up in a, in a home and that was the environment that we lived in. So I kind of looked at that and I broke some of that work down as well to have a sense of what did I develop then as I got older um, as a consequence of, of uh, my experience. Um, and then it's also the subconscious, you know, subconsciously, what is my attitude to home? that I'm not fully aware of what's coming up in my dreams. And so I would have creative artwork that reflects on that, maybe some poetry that kind of reinforces my sense of home. So I build it up as a new narrative, as a new feeling that I carry. So when I speak about it now, as I speak about it now, I don't speak to you as if like, like with a sense of dread, a sense of trauma, a sense of loss. I speak about it because it's complete for me. It's it's kind of come full circle. And it's a feeling that I carry being at home and having a home. And uh, that's the work. Um, that's that's the, the process that it's been for me. Sounds incredibly powerful, transformative. What's it given you to have done this work? Uh, it's definitely given me a sense of gratitude uh, because it's so, so beautiful to experience it it's given me um and don't get me wrong there's sadness that comes with it as well because even though you, you can fill your boots with loads of nice positive things there's still sadness and loss there's still anger but it's that's okay you know that's the process um it's given me a sense of strength as well in the wisdom that's actually out there that i can i can really feel it and i can connect with it more and the more I, I connect with that, the more uh, I feel I'm getting back in return from the universe, from whatever's out there. You know, if one is religion, religious, sorry, whatever, you know, um, it, it does, it fills up in a different way. For me, the alternative, considering what I experienced in my childhood, would have been pretty harrowing, you know, and I never, it hasn't never occurred to me what could have happened if I didn't decide to embrace this journey but it would have been pretty harrowing considering what i've seen you know other people get caught up in and how that has led to destructive lives 
so it has definitely given me that strength and um and a, and a desire to continue with it to keep going with it and to find ways to help others without being a you know, but to do that carefully, so I'm still honoring my own journey and doing it at my own at my own pace, um, because I do feel I want to be ready in, in in different ways to know what I can bring to people, um, and to to kind of be careful about that because I still recognise, you know, old patterns in myself. So even being there as a friend to somebody is good enough for me, or to help particular clients is good enough for me at the moment. Uh, you know, speaking with you and, and others who, you know, you get resonance and then it just, it, it's a, that's, that's good for me for the moment. Uh, there was a period in my life where I was, I have a lot of energy where I really wanted to help a lot of people, but I wasn't quite ready for it. And it hurt quite a lot for me then. And it became exhausting and I wasn't, I wasn't managing myself as well as I could have. So I certainly learned my lesson from that as well. So, yeah. Is that in the sense of overfunctioning? Yeah, I think overfunctioning, um, putting others maybe at times ahead of myself, feeling I was getting validated by helping others, and you know not filling up my own tank well enough. So I'm a bit more gentle with myself at the moment, and a little bit more uh, careful about the energy that I put into certain projects and situations. And, you know, I do realize, again, it's, I think it's a sensitivity more than the functioning. But when you get to levels of sensitivity, um, you know, I, I, you could become very attuned and that's, that's a gift. That's a skill. Um, but it's something to manage carefully then as well. How has your life changed as a consequence of doing this work, becoming so self-aware? Yeah. Well, the the great thing is like, From my experience, my the great thing is it's not like, you know, uh, having a sense of being enlightened or, you know, walking on clouds. It's like life still goes on. You still got to fill up the tank in the car. You still got to pay your tax bill. You still got to uh, function on the day-to-day. So my life on a day-to-day is, is great. And I'm manifesting myself to be who I am, which is great. But there are deeper experiences. There are deeper moments. There are you know, much more enjoyable times, uh, much more enjoyable connections with people. At the end of 2022, I wrote down a list of, you know, really significant moments that I had in the year, people I met. And it was really, really great to say, actually, yeah, I was present. I really, that was something that was really fantastic that I engaged in that meant something to me and meant something to that individual or group of people. So that has uh, enriched my life a lot definitely become better with my family closer and it's also allowed me to be present to you know any particular moment with people now i I mean don't get me wrong my wisdom can desert me at the best of times there's still work to be done but (laughs) at key moments i feel i can be there you know much much better than i had been before and that's a big thing because with my trauma history you know my my response would sometimes be fight or flight just to shut down or to run away. And so that has dissipated quite a lot. But I still get challenged. And it's still something that I'm, you know, working on, but I'm it's much better than it was. If you were listening to what you just shared, what would you say to yourself? 
I'd say well done. I'd say how much love that you have for yourself. That's brilliant to see and brilliant to be able to speak about it, honestly, and um, keep going. And I'd say, yeah, just, you know, be, be gentle, be good, and don't let the ego get in the way too much. And I, I'm conscious of that as well. I don't think my ego is getting in the way of this, but, you know, it is in terms of any language that I'm using to kind of, you know, keep it within a certain uh, parameter. But by and large, it's, it's, it's great to hear my soul speak from a place of uh, truth. If or when you've been talking to young people and other care leavers, I know you've done incredible work over a significant period of time to, to help many people improve their life. What one piece of advice would you give them? Yeah, so I've done quite a lot with care leavers in, in Ireland and Europe, um, setting up a network to support care leavers, you know, people who come out of the system, the care system are called care leavers. Um, and a lot of them, you know, carrying quite a lot of trauma, uh, a lot of pain from the childhood, lack social or support and family support. You know, the advice, I, the main piece of advice I would give them is to, is to keep having hope and hope that things can get better. Hope that, you know, there's support out there and there is. Uh, and to look for it when you need it. Um, because it can be quite desperate at times for them quite lonely and a lot of them end up in homeless situations a lot of them high portion of care leavers end up in the you know prison system sex industry very vulnerable adults uh so plenty of them do very well and you know can have had very good situations in, in foster care residential care you know go to university go to get good jobs whatever you know and that's fantastic but, you know unfortunately there's a high proportion relative to the rest of the population who, who struggle. Um, and for me, having hope means like believing that you can heal, you know, that there, there are better ways to live. How has hope served you? Um, it's always been there, actually. It served me nicely, actually, you know, and it has, you know, shown itself in different ways. But I've, I think it's just the optimist in me, you know, and the survivor in me that, like, I, I do feel that there are, you know, and it's the entrepreneur in me. It's the, it's the sports mad person in me. Like I do, I just that feeling that, you know, you can find a way, there is a way you can get there, you know, and I've thankfully never been so despondent that I've given up hope. I don't think that's ever left me at any stage. So I do hope, you know, I do hope even in desperate situations that are out there, that things are going to get better. And, you know, despite the negative conversations that are out there um about lots of different things is there anything you haven't shared in our conversation that you'd like to share um really just to say you know i think it's great to be able to speak like this so i just want to thank you for the opportunity to be able to speak about things that are important to me and um, hopefully important you know feel important to your listeners and it's a great space to be able to speak about these things because you know, getting out of your own way is like self-sabotage, you know, is saying no to self-sabotage. It's like, I want to embrace what I have to offer for myself and for others. And that can be sometimes the most difficult of things. I did struggle with that for quite a while, even though I was on the journey. You know, that 
sense of like actually that that's there's there's so much love there and hope and a lot to give so so thanks for um, just having the opportunity to speak about that my pleasure and i'm really taking away from our conversation how learned hopefulness and self-love can move you to a better place Mm, yeah yeah brilliant thank you wow what a powerful conversation that was with Wayne three things I really noticed about him and his story is his continual development of his self-awareness and how becoming much more self-aware has led him to be really purposeful about how he lives his life and how his story doesn't own him, but he owns his story. Letting go, he talks of, you know, letting go of the narrative and creating a new one and really owning that and believing in himself and his ability to do that struck me. And then his practice as an eternal student, I'm not talking about the copious amounts of education that he's done, you know, with his, I think he's on his third master's degree at the moment. I'm actually talking about his willingness to look after himself really well and be really intentional with how he lives and really mindful about living well and in the way that he wants to live. Yeah, a really, really humbling and powerful story about how when you look after yourself, when you believe in yourself and when you know yourself, you can shift yourself to where you want to be. Thank you, Wayne, for such a beautiful conversation. Thank you.